What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Giandoletti Jr. If this is your first time here on the podcast, welcome. Glad to have you here. If it's not your first time, welcome back. And today, guys, we are going to be going over something that I did not think we would have to be talking about at this point uh, in the year, which is coaching candidates. Uh, we're going to be going through my list of guys that I want the Dolphins to replace Brian Flores with. Um, as of right now, just so everyone knows, I do plan on having Reason on the podcast tomorrow. We're still talking through scheduling with that, so stay tuned. Hopefully, I can get him on the podcast tomorrow, but that's going to be an episode you definitely do not want to miss. We are going to be going through everything. He's going to be talking about, again, stuff he heard about Flores, why neither of us are shocked why he got fired. Um, so you're not going to want to miss that episode. We're, we're going to be recording it tomorrow, so look for a late night drop tomorrow or early Thursday morning. But guys, as I said, today we're going to be focusing on coaching candidates. Now, um, before I get into things, the Dolphins have already requested to interview two head coaches or two coaches for the head coach position. One of those being Brian Dable, who is the offensive coordinator currently for the Bills. And the other one being Mike McDaniel, who is the offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Mike McDaniel, I do know he was a candidate for the offensive coordinator job here, I believe, last year. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember last year when we were trying to get a new offensive coordinator, we, we interviewed him. So I'm not shocked that that is a familiar name that I guess... You know, look, I, I know Flores had a big input on coaching. It, it was if he wanted the coach, he got it. That was a big reason, I think, why he left is because I was told Ross went up to him, told him the changes that he need to make on the offensive side of the football. Flores said, no, I'm not doing that. And so he was like, OK, we're moving on from you. Um, so I do know Mike McDaniel was a guy that they did interview last year and um you know, maybe they liked him. Maybe there was something there that sparked. And now that they actually have the opportunity to not have Flo's input, they're going to re, uh, re-audition him, re-interview um, him for this process. So let's get into it. Um, let me start off with my honorable mentions, and then I'm going to get into what I want to see in our new head coach and then give you my four head coaches Uh, that I would like to have. Okay. So let's start off with honorable mentions. Um, First off, let's start with Mike McDaniel. I know that we uh, are interviewing him. There's nothing against Mike McDaniel, but for me, he's an honorable mention. He's not in my top four um, because, you know, I, here's my thing when it comes to the Kyle Shanahan system, I'm not saying that a disciple can't like be good at something that he learned from. Obviously we just had one of those with um, Brian Flores obviously was a disciple of Bill Belichick. So he took what he learned there and made it his own. The only thing is like, I don't know. There's just something about the Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, who is his father system that like, I worry when you bring a young guy here, to implement that system. And I'm not sure exactly how old Mike McDaniel is. I'm going to look it up right now. But what what I'm trying to say is there's just something about like 
the, that system to where I question how much of it is just it being a phenomenal system and Kyle Shanahan being a phenomenal play caller because he calls the plays. Um, or is it like Mike McDaniel? I know Mike McDaniel's 38 years old, so he's young. Um, he's younger than Flores. But again, like there's a difference between a Brian Flores and a Mike McDaniel, right? Because Brian Flores, like in New England, Bill Belichick does not call plays. Similar to what Brian Flores did here, right? There was a lot of times where Brian Flores would take over play calling duties if he needed to. But for the most part, Brian Flores, similar to Bill Belichick, they don't call the plays on the defensive side of the football. So when you see defensive coordinators get hired from New England, it's because they are actually calling the plays, right? Whereas I worry about a coach like Mike McDaniel because, you know, he doesn't call the plays in in, um, in San Francisco. So basically, he's a guy that's kind of a, a, a babysitter almost on the offensive side of the football. He's not actually calling the plays. Yes, he learned from Kyle Shanahan, but Kyle Shanahan learned from his dad, who was the creator of this system. So it's in their blood, right? So for that reason, I'm not really a huge fan of Mike McDaniel, but he is in my honorable mention, right? I could have easily made a top seven head coach list and he would be on it, right? But you know, this is, this is, these are guys that if we hired, I would be super happy with. And he's not one of those people I'd be super happy with. I wouldn't mind the move, but I just don't think it's the best move you can make. Next up, another honorable mention. We have three of them. The second one is Kellen Moore. Uh, Just to keep it quite simple. Like I, I don't know why I would want Kellen Moore. I don't. The, the Dallas Cowboys offense is efficient. Because it has a great offensive line, Dak Prescott, and wide receivers and weapons galore. But their offense is as vanilla and plain as it gets. And there's no way in hell, okay, I am going to fire Brian Flores and sign or hire. I don't even know. To be honest with you guys, I don't even know how old Kellen Moore is. But he's young. I think he's like 33 years old. Kellen Moore is, let's see. 33 years old. Yeah, there's no way. There's there's no way I'm going from Brian Flores, who was having success here, and I'm going to turn it over to another first-time head coach who's 33 years old. Absolutely no shot in hell that's going to happen, in, in my opinion. And if it does happen, I'm not really going to be that happy about it. Okay, last up on honorable mentions, and this guy was originally my top head coaching candidate, but from things I've heard from leaks and rumors that have been coming out. I don't think it's going to happen at all. Um, And that's Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh would be by far the number one head coaching candidate for most teams, especially the Miami Dolphins. But um, Steve Ross came out and said that he wasn't going to lure him from Michigan. And while at first I didn't believe that um, because of things I had heard, um, Pro Football Talk came out and said that they were working on a contract extension for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. And two guys that I trust when it comes to reporting this, Neil Driscoll and Reason, have both said that they have heard that Jim Harbaugh's not leaving. Chris Kaufman on three yards per carry also said that he was told blatantly, you have a better chance of being the next head coach of the Dolphins than Jim Harbaugh. So obviously I'm going to take him off the list because I don't think it's realistic. But if he were on the table, he's the number one option for sure. 
So let's get into four guys that I think are realistically going to be in strong consideration for the head coaching job. And we're going to go from four to one. We're going to go in backwards order. So we're going to go from the person that I guess I I really want to the person that I really, really, really want, right? So let's start off with number four, Brian Dable. Speaking of someone that we already have requested to interview, Brian Dable's 46 years old. He's the current offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. And I mean, it's pretty clear why he would be an attractive option, right? We we have seen firsthand what his offense under with, with, with Josh Allen has done to our team, okay? When we talk about shortcomings that Brian Flores had, it's easy for us to remember that he was 4-2 and two against Belichick, but he also, in his whole entire time down here in Miami, could not beat the Buffalo Bills, right? So he was 0-6 against Brian Dable's offense, right? So we saw firsthand what Brian Dable could do with an elite quarterback, okay? This leads me into my next point, and I guess I'll pause right here on Brian Dable and talk about what I'm, why he's appealing, but also why all of these coaches I'm going to talk about are appealing. With my new head coach, I really, I, I really want three things, okay? Number one, I would prefer him to be an offensive-minded head coach. The reason for that is because I think Brian Flores as a defensive-minded head coach is one of the best defensive minds in football. Okay, so if you're going to move on from him, the chances of you finding someone better on the defensive side are very slim to none. So if you're going to move on from him, it better be on the offensive side of the football, which is really what needs help right now. Okay, if you look at our defense, like we have a young nucleus of players. Okay, I think Xavier Howard's gone. Uh, he, he tweeted like a picture of him saying goodbye on the field, which could foreshadow he's leaving the Miami Dolphins. But um, yeah, so we have a, still a young nucleus of defensive players. The offense is really what needs a lot of work and has for the last, I don't even know, 20 years on this team. So I really hope that the next head coach is able to do that. And then also two things two and three, but also they're kind of linked together. They need to be able to work with Tua if they decide to keep him, but they also simultaneously need to be an attractive option for Deshaun Watson. Okay, let's just assume in the scenario he's innocent because if he's guilty, obviously I do not want him. There's no reason to talk about Deshaun Watson if he's guilty, right? I, I, I like obviously all of this is assuming he's innocent. If he is though and he wants to come to Miami, you have to have a head coach that is attractive to him, right? That would make him want to come here because top 5 quarterbacks don't always want to come to your organization and they're not ever available. So, you still need to hop on that bandwagon if that's possible. And again, kind of quickly maneuvering to Brian Flores and his time here, the notion that him leaving had anything to do with Watson or Tua is completely false because most of the people in the building had signed off on getting rid of Tua and moving on to Watson if he was innocent. Okay, so that's not changing all of a sudden because Flores is gone. Now, Watson's interest in the Dolphins might change, so that's why your new head coach has to be an attractive option to him. But also at the same time, if you decide not to go on to Watson, regardless of the allegations, you need someone who can mold a young quarterback, 
whether it's Tua or if you want to give Tua a year and then move off of him, someone who can still mold another young quarterback. So those are my three big things that I need to see from a head coach. So with that, going back to Brian Dable, well, I know he can mold a young quarterback because I saw him do it with um, with uh, Ken Dorsey in Buffalo the last three years with Josh Allen, four years really with Josh Allen. Okay, and on top of it, I think he would be an attractive option for Deshaun Watson because, again, Watson sees what he can do with an elite quarterback, and he is an elite quarterback. But also, let's not forget Brian Dable, Dable worked with Tua Tungavailoa when he was at Alabama. So that famous saying where everyone else has doorknob accuracy and Tua has keyhole accuracy, that came from D- Brian Dable. So Brian Dable, I know, would know how to work with Tua. He would give him confidence and he would know how to work around him and what to give him in order for Tua to succeed. Um so again, those are big factors for me of why I'd want him. Now, I will say the reason why he's four and he's not higher is because personality for him is a concern. I've heard some things about from people about his personality. I've listened to people's podcasts. I've I've um, listened to or you know I've I've talked to people who have inside sources, and I've heard things about how he kind of can have a hard to get along with personality. He is a Belichick, Nick Saban kind of disciple. So similar to Brian Flores, that could be a big issue of his because Brian Flores, like all Bill Belichick disciples, are massive a-holes, okay? Period, point blank. So that's a big concern to me. Um, And I really hope that they just don't hire him and God forbid they do that. You know, I really hope that he's not just an offensive-minded Brian Flores. Who knows? I don't like to assume the negative on anyone, but that is a concern for me because it's stuff that I've heard about him. So coaching candidate number four, Brian Dable. Three, number three on my list is Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson is 53 years old. He was actually a backup quarterback here in Miami, which many of you may not know. He was on the practice squad uh, during Marino's time here. Uh, Marino suffered an injury. Um back when he was playing and when he went on, you know, injured reserved and couldn't play anymore. Uh, what, what do you call it? Doug Peterson then became the backup quarterback. He was on the practice squad. He became the backup quarterback. And eventually he's the quarterback that was there to win Don Shula, his 325th game. So there is history there. There is history between Doug Peterson and this organization. And I know for a fact Reason has reported, he's talked about it on his show, 100% Dan Marino is pushing for Doug Peterson, okay? And let me just say this about Dan Marino. We can get hell-bent on two all we want. Dan Marino was pushing Justin Herbert like crazy. Dan Marino is pushing Deshaun Watson like crazy. And you can bet your ass, Stephen Ross sees Dan Marino has been right both times, And so don't expect Doug Peterson to not be a major factor in the head coaching search. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. Because again, you have a guy, Dan Marino, that uh, Stephen Ross, your owner, listens to a lot. 
chirping in your ear saying, hire this guy, hire this guy, hire this guy. He was a quarterback coach for Philadelphia, so he knows how to work with quarterbacks. He was an offensive coordinator in Kansas City, so he's worked under Andy Reid, and he has that system. Um, he's 42, 37 and one as a head coach in the regular season, four and two in the playoffs. He has a Super Bowl win in Philadelphia, their only Super Bowl win in NFL history. Um, and on top of that, again, do I think he would be an attractive option for Deshaun Watson? I mean, if, if Deshaun Watson is obsessed with Dan Marino and Dan Marino is endorsing this guy, he could be. I don't know. I think he I think he might be. It depends on why Deshaun Watson wants to come here. But I do know as far as developing quarterbacks, he can do that. He will be able to help to develop. He runs a lot of RPO in his offense. He had one of the highest percentages of RPO plays when he was a head coach in Philadelphia. That is something that Tua Tungavailoa is good at. He's obviously focused on building the trenches because the Philadelphia Eagles have always just consistently been good at drafting and 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 signing free agents on the offensive line so I know that's a priority for him and again I know look I know that his time in Philadelphia kind of ended on this weird note and I'm currently talking to someone about kind of what went wrong there what went sour but I was told that the whole situation with um the whole situation with Doug Peterson happened the way it did because him and Carson Wentz became toxic. Um, Carson Wentz, I've heard, is not a great teammate. He's not a great player to have. I've heard it's more on Wentz than anything. And I think management eventually just knew that Doug Peterson couldn't be pushed around. They wanted to make their own decisions. They decided to fire him and hire Nick Sirianni so they could basically just tell him what to do. It's worked out for them. But again, I know a lot of you are going to say, well, look at what happened to him in Philadelphia. Look, sometimes like, again, you see something and you don't know the whole story. I've heard a lot of that was mainly on Carson Wentz. That's why they kicked him out. And Doug Peterson was one of those guys where he was like, look, I've won a Super Bowl here. I'm an experienced coach. You can't tell me what to do. And the ownership was like, yes, we can actually. We want a guy that we can basically just push around. So... Doug Peterson, look, between him being a guy that Marino wants, between him being able to develop quarterbacks in the RPO system, which is what two is good at, and between him having a lot of experience as a head coach, a Super Bowl winning head coach, those are huge factors for me in in having Doug Peterson as a coach here. Okay, next up, number two. This is a guy that everyone, if you're a Dolphin fan, at least for the last three years, you know his name. Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell, 66 years old. He is a previous, uh, I mean, he's done basically, he's done a crap load of stuff. He's been a, a head coach multiple times in college and the NFL. He's been an offensive assistant, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. He's basically done everything, okay? He's the most experienced court, um, the most experienced head coach on this list. Um, and really, all I should have to say about Jim Caldwell is that he brought the Lions to the playoffs multiple times. Okay, that's really you should ever have to say about Jim Caldwell. And you can make the argument, well, he did it and he had Matt Stafford as his quarterback. Well, that's funny because Matt Stafford never went back to the playoffs in Detroit without Jim Caldwell. So you can't really use that argument that he had good players. Jim Caldwell, similar to Brian Flores, 
had a lot of success in a place where success isn't a common theme. And, you know, Jim Caldwell got, you know, canned because they wanted more. Whereas Brian Flores, it wasn't really performance-based. It was more so how he treated people. With Jim Caldwell, you're not going to worry about him treating people bad. He's going to be able to bring great resources to the offense on the offensive line as far as just quarterback coach, wide receiver coaches. Um, He's going to be able to attract players here because players know this guy has won in the NFL before on a team like the Lions that does not win a lot. Um, and there's familiarity there, right? You look at the, uh, familiarity there. He was hired as an offensive assistant when Flores started and then for health reasons and, you know, him not wanting to work with Flores because Flores was what, what he showed himself to be over three years. Jim Caldwell got out of here, fixed his health, and now he's ready to coach in the NFL again. Okay. He didn't want to coach here. That is for sure. He did not want to coach with Brian Flores, I know that for a fact. So now that Brian Flores is gone, you can bring someone like Jim Caldwell here who's going to fix the offense, has a really good defense of and a defensive foundation with the players he has, and he's going to be easy to work with. He's going to be someone that people respect. And again, when it talks about when I talk about, you know, someone who can groom Tua or possibly attract Deshaun Watson here. Again, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I see a guy who was able to go to the playoffs with the Lions, someone who is a minority coach, which I think that's a big reason why Deshaun wanted to come here, and rightfully so. He wants to play for an organization that values you know, not just having the same type of coach all the time, right? Getting someone in there, and they're going to hire the best guy regardless, whether they're a minority or not, and that might be a big factor for him to come here still. Right. Because they see that, you know, the Dolphins aren't one of those organizations that's just going to pass up on a guy because of the color or ethnicity. Right. So that and that's huge. And rightfully so. I'm very happy that the Dolphins are one of those organizations. Um, And I always will be proud of that with the Dolphins. So Jim Caldwell, that would be another reason, you know, and on top of it, again, pursuing uh, Deshaun Watson would probably be something he would do, but he could also groom to a tongue of Iloa for another year if he wanted to last but not least my number one head coaching candidate for the 2022 Miami Dolphins now before I say the name okay um ideally I would want an experienced head coach for the Dolphins ideally Jim Caldwell or Doug Peterson would be my number one head coaching candidate Really, Jim Harbaugh would, but you know what I mean, like Jim Harbaugh not being an option. Ideally, I want the next head coach of the Dolphins to be someone who has coached as a head coach before in the NFL. However, if I had to rate on my bucket list the number one thing I want in my head coach, I'm sorry, I would have to have it that, again, if innocent, the, the head coach has to be an attractive option for Deshaun Watson because knowing the defense we still have, and you can get, you can keep Josh Boyer if you want. You don't have to fire him. Josh Boyer learned Brian Flores' system. You don't have to fire Josh Boyer. Okay. So 
And and I know Brian Flores was about to get rid of Josh Boyer anyway, so it's not like he's going to leave to go with Brian Flores. Okay, so you can keep Josh Boyer with that system, and you can get a coach who can bring in Deshaun Watson here. That's going to automatically fix a lot of the offensive issues, and now you have an elite quarterback who, regardless if your head coach is a first-timer or not, is automatically going to elevate him to better than what he would be without Deshaun, and you still have that young nucleus on the defense to where they're not just going to suck automatically now that Brian Flores is gone. Okay. For those reasons, my number one head coaching candidate is Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy is 52 years old. He is currently the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. He has running back coaching background, so I know that a priority of his will be to build the offensive line and build the running back room. That's something that Brian Flores did not care about. Brian Flores, if it was up to him, would never draft a running back ever. Right, he would just get guys off the street to play running back. Um, but Eric Bieniemy, look, I know a bunch of you are going to say, "Man, everyone wants Eric Bieniemy," but he's having all the success because of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. That can be true, okay? I understand that, and that's why if Deshaun Watson wasn't a factor, he would not be my number one head coaching candidate. But here's the thing: number one. Everyone talks glowingly about Eric Bieniemy. Amazing person, phenomenal to work with, really great dude, all those good things. So I know I'm getting a quality human being first, which clearly Stephen Ross had an issue with Brian Flores, okay? Number two, I know for a fact, we all know for a fact, the rumors came out last March when Deshaun Watson wanted to leave Houston, a big driving factor was the fact that they didn't take his opinion into consideration when finding their new head coach, okay? He wanted Eric Bieniemy. He wanted them to go out and at least interview him. So I know for a fact, if you go out and get Eric Bieniemy as your next head coach, he will instantly be able to bring Deshaun Watson here, okay? And on top of it, Eric Bieniemy would want to come to Miami because he knows Deshaun wants to come to Miami and I can bring him there. Okay. So you get Eric Bieniemy here. And yes, again, he may not be the best coach overall, but if you bring an elite quarterback here, he's going to elevate the coach regardless. And so again, I know some of you may be upset because I'm like bailing on Tua, but if I could say what my number one, uh, you know, quality or trait I want in my next head coach and it's, if Deshaun Watson is innocent, obviously, if he's innocent, I want that head coach to be able to bring Deshaun Watson here because I don't want us to fire Flores and now we lose the ability to get Deshaun Watson. I want you to hire an offensive-minded head coach like Eric Bieniemy, who will come here. Not only will he be able to bring Deshaun Watson here, but then say you do get Deshaun Watson here, which you 100% would if you signed him, if you hired him as your head coach. But on top of that, like, let me just put this image in your head. And this is going to be the last thing we talk about before I send you off, okay? If Eric Bieniemy comes here, he's obviously going to instill what system? The Kansas City system, Andy Reid's. You would have the defense that you have right now he could keep whatever defensive coordinator he wants. He could keep Josh Boyer. That's what I would do personally. I'd keep Josh Boyer or promote Gerald Alexander because you have the players here. You have those players here 
and then you install the Kansas City offense here with Deshaun Watson, who, in my opinion, when healthy, or not when healthy, when playing, because he didn't play last year, when playing, he's a top five quarterback in football. To me, there's not much of a difference between him and Mahomes. It's really the situations they were put into that separates them. But he has a version of Patrick Mahomes here. And oh yeah, when you look at weapons, he has his own Tyreek Hill. He has Jalen Waddle. So you're going to see Deshaun Watson here, similar to Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. You're going to see a, a tight end, which if they want to extend Mike Kosicki, they could, right? Similar to what they have with Travis Kelsey, even though Travis Kelsey's much better in run blocking. But you can have a Kansas City in Miami, literally a Kansas City in Miami, with the quarterback being an elite quarterback. You could have a weapon like Jalen Waddle used to his full capacity. And you know for a fact he's going to try to build up that offensive line because the thing that stopped him from winning a Super Bowl, him and the Kansas State Chiefs, was the offensive line. So you can bet your bottom dollar that when he comes here, his priority will be to build that offensive line for his future quarterback, Deshaun Watson. So for those reasons, again, is Eric Bieniemy a more qualified head coach than Jim Caldwell or Doug Peterson? No. If I had an option between a new time head coach, I'd pick him over Brian Dable every single day. But again, I want a coach that has head coaching experience. However, if that new time head coach can bring Deshaun Watson here, I don't care about the head coaching experience because look, I I personally believe a new time head coach like Eric Bieniemy with Watson is better than a a full t- a, a, a not first time I don't know what the word for that an experienced NFL head coach without Watson. I believe they will have more success with Watson than without, regardless of if they coached as a head coach before or not. Okay, so for those reasons, again, and he's young, he's 52 years old. He's not like, you know, Jim Caldwell. I could understand if people are upset with the age because he's 66 years old. Right. But he's not old. Eric Bieniemy is only 52 years old. That's not old in the NFL. He's got 20 years of coaching ahead of him, at least. So you get a guy like Eric Bieniemy in here. He's young. He's upcoming. Right. He's very deserving. There's no one I don't think in the head coaching market more deserving of a head coaching job than him. And he can bring literally Kansas City to Miami with the quarterback because he'll bring Deshaun Watson here. He has the weapons here with Gesicki if he keeps him and Waddle. And he already has a defense that, yes, it may not be as elite as it was with Flores, but there's no reason why it still can't be good. And that's what he has in Kansas City, a good defense. So for that reason, I really, really, really hope that Eric Bieniemy is an option uh, and someone they go out and try to pursue because it just makes too much sense for me that they wouldn't, right? And I, I understand that he's still coaching right now, and, and I really do believe they'll go to the Super Bowl, the Chiefs. So it's going to be a while before they can actually like hire him, hire him, but like, again, it just makes perfect sense to me. And I really hope that sometime this week or next week, maybe we hear that the Dolphins have requested to interview with him. So there you go, guys. There are my top four 
head coaching candidates. Really, you could put Jim Harbaugh in there because he's my number one option if he's available, but I really don't think that's an option anymore. There you go. Those are my top four candidates. Again, honorable mentions, Mike McDaniel, Kellen Moore, mainly just because of age. I don't really want them on the team. I just think they're too young, too inexperienced, and I'm not going to fire Flores for someone like that. Harbaugh obviously would be my number one, but he's an honorable mention because I don't think it's going to happen. And then in order from four to my number one head coaching option, Brian Dable, familiarity with Tua um, and the work he did with Allen. Doug Peterson would be three because he is a previous head coach with a lot of RPO experience. I know Dan Marino is a huge fan of his. Jim Caldwell would be my number two option and really... Probably, I would say if it's if it's just like a, a a person who's been a head coach before, Jim Caldwell would be my number one option over Doug Peterson, and then my number one option again, Eric Bieniemy. Just he'd literally be able to bring Kansas City to Miami with Watson, Waddle here, Gasicki if he wants. Still has a good defense, phenomenal human being to work with. You're not going to have to worry about the issues you did with Flores. To me, it just makes so much sense. It does. So there we go, guys. Those are my top head coaching candidates for the Miami Dolphins. We'll see what happens, okay? I went through, I I spent so much time this year and even last year going through coaching candidates when we were looking for our offensive coordinator. And at the end of the day, we promoted two guys to be our offensive coordinator and look how that turned out. You know, last year I was hoping that we would sign um, Anthony Lynn or Pep Hamilton to be our offensive coordinator. But then again, Brian Flores just doesn't care. So he didn't care about the offensive side of the football in year one. He couldn't figure it out then. He he didn't figure it out by year three. That's a big reason why he's gone. Hopefully this next regime figures it out. Um, and I really hope, again, they don't just pull some crazy... Uh, thing with the head coaching search. I really don't. I really hope they don't go out and hire some rando out of left field. But then again, Brian Flores kind of was a rando out, out of left field, and that ended up working well. Again, personality wise, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But just like they found the right head coach, right? So I do trust that that Chris Greer will find the right head coach. It's just I really hope that it's just not some rando out of left field. I hope it's someone that they thoroughly put a lot of work into. Um, and again, those would be my my four guys that I would love. So that's it. That's it for today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, tomorrow, hopefully, I'm going to have reason on the podcast. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to go over everything with Brian Flores. Um, he's going to tell you a lot of stuff he heard from his sources. Um, and we're going to kind of just like break it down. Uh, you know, for everyone out there, just talk about it a little. And then we're going to kind of do this again. We're going to go over like who he's hearing the Dolphins are wanting as their offense or as their head coach. Um, he's going to talk to you guys about who he wants as his head coach. And we're just going to have a good discussion. So definitely don't miss it. It's going to either come out tomorrow night or Thursday morning. Anyway, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. As always, stay safe. Fins up. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.